Good morning, everyone. It's time for today's episode of The Daily Stand-Up. Lee Henson here from Agile Dad. Without any further ado, let's get started. Today, I have a treat for you. I've got a very special guest, a good friend of mine, and a certified Agile coach, Jim York. Jim, how's it going? It is going great. How are you today, Lee? You know what? Better than a Kardashian doing a crossword puzzle. I'm not <laughs> sure they can do those, but you know, if it's about makeup or something, maybe. But anyway, I digress. So today we want to talk to you about an incredible, important Agile topic. Now, here's what's going on. Lately, if you've listened to the podcast, we've been doing a lot about product ownership, product management, product governance, and we've been talking a lot about product-related issues. But I, I have to admit, I have to confess, I was a darn good product owner back in the day, but I can't say that my specialty is product ownership. So I decided to bring in an expert to help me understand and to help you understand. So Jim, that's your calling. You're the expert. So with that being said, I want to start off with a simple question. So you are well known as an authority in the, in the industry with regard to you know many topics, but specifically with product ownership. Tell me what you see uh, going into organizations from a coaching perspective. What are some of the common things you see downfalls or things that organizations need to work on with regard to product ownership? Where do you see product ownership in the world today? Oh, wow. We want to start with the gaps. Huh? Well, gosh, where do you start? Um, you know, knowing what your product is. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a great place to start. Um, what is your product? Uh, who is your customer? Who's the target market? Um, you know, before we even get into identifying a product owner and empowering them and giving them the support they need to excel in that job, um, just basically having organizations understand, you know, what is it that we provide to our customers in terms of a product? You know, who are those customers? Ensuring that we've got a keen understanding of what that customer's needs are and how our product fits that space. Yeah, that that empathy with the with the customer and understanding essentially what's their job to be done um, and how the product integrates into that job to be done. It's it's so often that the job, you know, the product is not the job to be done. The product is something that integrates into a larger system of things that the customer is doing to accomplish some some outcome that they desire. Um, you, you look at something like as simple as as uh, a product uh, definition, like a car. I mean, not that it's a simple product, but people are like, oh, that's clearly the product. And it's like, yeah, that's the product. But that product addresses a customer need and those needs are diverse. It's maybe I need to take my kids to school. Well, there's lots of options on how you might get your kids to school. You might be, you might be, uh, you know, doing uh, zoom, you know, these days for, right. for, you know, so what, what, what does the car have anything to do with that um, versus they're in a classroom and you've got to physically get them to the classroom? I mean, there's lots of options available to the customer for that. You know, they could be riding the bus or going in a carpool or maybe you're running the carpool or maybe you prefer to send, you know, take them there yourself. Or uh, There's all sorts of options available to the customer to accomplish their job to be done. The key question for a product owner is, is you know, one is who is that customer? What is their need? And, and how does my, my product fit in the context of addressing that need? And things change, right? Things change. Yeah. Um, you know, all of a sudden it's, you know, we're, we're doing school from home. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's, a, it's a, totally different, totally different. So uh -huh. what happened to, you know, our product that addressed that particular need? So having that insight and empathy with the customer and being able to stay with them as that that need evolves and changes over time 
critically important, critically important before we even get to backlog. You know, it's (laughs) I think you're right. One of the things I've discovered, though, is for whatever reason, every CEO I meet, every executive that I meet, CXO, we'll say, right? Every executive that I meet says, I'm responsible for the carpool. So I want to bring all the kids to school in a Ferrari because that's agile. I want to scale and I want to I want to do it in a Ferrari. And I'm like. I'm not sure that the product that you're trying to build is going to meet the need of what you're trying to do. And, and well, it's just, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and one thing that, that is often missed is that product owners are human, right? They, they make errors and that that's expected. And, and that's part of being agile, right? Is like, I might have this brilliant idea that I'm going to run the carpool with, with a Ferrari. How do we run a quick, cheap test? to find out whether that's going to be a viable solution or not. And I, w- I would suggest you don't go out and buy a Ferrari to, to run that test, right? You've got to do something else that exposes the, the, the limitations uh, and where your solution falls short of hitting the target. That's really the important. And that's one thing that I found most organizations, you, you asked about what they struggle with. One of the things also is just the ability to create an increment. Mm-hmm. And people get so wrapped around the axle, they don't really understand what an increment is. An increment is your working product. It's right. as simple as that. If people think about it being the thing we're building in this sprint. It's, well, increments are additive. It's it's what we built this sprint plus everything that came before. Right. And you can have multiple increments created within a given sprint. I mean, I have some clients that literally deploy hundreds of increments every day. It's the nature of their business. They simply have to do that. And I'm not saying building them. I'm saying deploying them into their production environment. Because if they didn't do that, they'd be eaten by their competition because their competition does that competently every single day. If they didn't, they wouldn't be in in the business. So when I walk in with many organizations implementing Scrum, the concept of an increment being your working system and doing that at least every sprint producing an increment and having that thing that you can look at and go, yeah, that Ferrari fell short, <laughs> you know, and doing so in a way that, that we're, we're not necessarily investing in all the effort to build a Ferrari. It's figuring out how to slice and dice things. It's the, it's the, uh, the art of crafting that product backlog into small, easily digestible bits of valuable uh increments that you can inspect and get some insights on. And it's just, it's so neat because I think, and I hope, and this is what I hope in my mind, in my mind of minds, I hope that when people hear you speak, Jim, that they're making the equation and it's, it's, it's uh, resolving in their mind. So here's the resolution that I've come up with based on what you said. One, it doesn't take a Ferrari. If you could just do simple tests to figure out what you need to do, you're going to be better off. Two, the importance of knowing your customer. If you don't know your customer implicitly and get them involved, both at the planning stages and at the resolution stages, to resolve that you built the right product or service, that you're losing most of what product ownership stands for. And three, it takes a village. And what I mean by that is, like you said, it took a team of people who believed in what you were doing to make it all happen. It's not just resting on a product owner's shoulders. And I think too often... In the environments that I see, people just try to pile it on the product owner and say everything's the product owner's responsibility. Mm-hmm. And and it, it just we can't go on that way mm-hmm. in an agile world and expect things to change. It Since takes a village. I've never seen a product owner in any non-trivial environment um, be able to do it just by themselves. Right. Um, you know, 
even in the most trivial of environments, unless you are your own customer as product owner and there's no other customers, you have this interaction with that customer. But you know the the developers uh, and various others in the product ecosystem all contribute to insights, uh, that creation in the mind that takes place before the creation in reality. All of that product backlog refinement stuff that's going on it takes mm-hmm. it takes the whole group to to figure right. that out and come up with with um, you know, hypotheses that, that we're going to try out. All right, Jim. Well, we went long, but I got three, I have to ask you the three questions. And it's not, what did you do today? What did you do yesterday? And do you have any impediments? But the three questions. So here's question number one. Question number one, if someone was starting out as a product owner, they were brand new and you had a, a single small piece of advice you can give them 15 words or less, what piece of advice would you give a product owner who's just starting out, just learning the ropes, you know, what would you tell them is the most important thing that they could focus their attention on? Oh, my goodness. Understand your customer. Good. Love it. Question number two. If I had someone who felt like they've been doing this for a series of years and they were a well-seasoned, experienced product owner, and you could give them one piece of advice going forward to help them just have a better purview and to help them see, you know, into the crystal ball of where what they should be working on now, what what one item would you tell someone who is experienced that they would have really, to grow? It really depends on that mm-hmm. individual and kind of where they've gone to. Because there are a lot of people sure. with a lot of experience and depending on the context of the environment that they're in. But I guess the thing I would say, Lee, in a nutshell, is mm-hmm. is consider the whole product ecosystem. Right. You know, it's it's we don't often think about all the dimensions of what makes a product work from a customer's perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's real product ownership. A lot of times we give these product owners these jobs of guide this scrum team. Well, luckily, the latest version of the scrum guide explains that the developers right. are everyone that needs to do anything related to making the product work for the customer. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's big. That And that's been something that's been a short sight, I think, in execution. Not that the Scrum framework has changed with this latest version. I think the intent and the spirit of it has remained the same from early from early days. Very early, yep. Just the words that are in there now are are more clear, more explicit, and 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 simpler in many ways. So I would encourage anyone who has not done so, um, they might be familiar with earlier versions of the Scrum Guide, but mm-hmm. I would encourage them to go out and read that the latest, version. latest version, the November 2020 version. Um, they might see some things in there that could help them up their game if they were to take that and put it into, into action. And last question, obviously. If someone wants to learn more about what you're doing, or if you have a shameless plug for a book, a website, a blog, whatever, anything you have, I just want people to be able to reach you if they want to reach you, because this has been amazing. You've shared some really powerful insight. You've given some great information. You've helped uplift a lot of the people who listen to my podcast. And from my heart, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. So share with us uh, anything that's important. And, and if you don't want to do that, that's okay. I have an alternate question. The alternate question <laughs> is, and you can do both. The alternate question is, if I gave you the power to change one thing regarding Agile without any ramifications or regarding product ownership within Agile without any ramifications, what 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 lever would you pull first? So you can do both. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is, uh, if you want to know more about me, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Fox Edge. Um, and my company is Fox Edge LTD. It's, uh, it's FoxEdgeLTD.com is the website. Mm-hmm. Um, I co-founded that 
company with my wife, Melissa, uh, 14 and a half years ago. Wow. Um, she, is, she is our product owner, by the way. So if you ever want to know what's going on with Fox Edge and you want to get in our product backlog, hey, talk to Melissa because she's the go-to person for that. Um, so uh, what is the one thing? You know, I guess, Lee, the thing that I'm, I'm frustrated with that I would like to change is all of the bashing of agile and that, you know, and I, I'm collectively, you know, all in, in the various aspects of agile, like scrum, there's a lot of agile bashing out there. And it's like, Oh, we got to come out with, you know, version two or version three of agile. It's like, I'm not sure people have tried version one yet. I was, yeah. I, was <laughs> just about to say, I don't think they understand version one yet. Yeah. So it's like, give it a try the way that it's actually, you know, designed and, and in environments for which it is, is, it is built, um, you know, and, and, you know, give it a chance. Don't give it lip service and then say it didn't work. Jim. So that would be the one thing I would change is have people actually try it for real. Try and get things. some guidance, get some help. You know, if you don't understand it, ask questions. And there are folks, Lee, like you and, and others that, that are experts in this area that, you know, you've got people you can reach out to and, and ask for support if you don't understand it. But be open to it and give it a try. Jim, that was powerful advice. I really appreciate your time. I know time's the most valuable thing you have, and I appreciate you carving out a few minutes to spend with the oh, daily. It's been, a, been my pleasure, Lee. Really, really Take nice. care. And as always, if you have questions about this topic or any others, feel free to reach out to Jim or reach out to me. You can reach us both directly. We would love to answer your questions. Anything, if you forgot his information, you can rewind and listen to it again. But if not, you can send an email to learnmore@agiledad.com, and we'd love to fill it in, and we'll make sure that we pass along anything we get to Jim. Uh, make sure you share this with your other friends. Um, show us some love. Show us some likes. Show us some praise. And uh, as always, we want you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile. Until next time, do take care, my friends. We'll see you.